0: I am level as level can be. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Draft Politics. I'm your host, Steve, and with me here, as always. Good day. It's EJ. Yeah, so uh, nothing going on this week once again. Um, Before we get into whatever isn't going on, though, wanted to just check in real quick, give you a status report on World War III. So, EJ, how's World War III going? World War III status report.
1: All is well. All is well. Okay, good. All good. is well. Yes. I mean, I think everybody just kind of forgot. What where, what were we attacking? Was that, was that a thing? You know, I have to say, if... The theory on, on all of
0: that was Trump trying to distract from impeachment. Fail. My, our, our outline here proves that he has screwed that up dramatically. He
1: did. <laughs> he did.
0: So, lots to talk about with impeachment today. So, uh, we officially kick things off. Uh, the yeah. the I- articles of impeachment have been marched across the Senate rotunda, into the chambers, presented.
1: The swearing-in has occurred. I- much swearing has occurred yes, yes i mean i i was a little surprised at all the sort of pomp and circumstance around this yes and sort of how many pens did they use to sign the article's impeachment didn't you know
0: <laughs> which i have to say like you know like you sign bills you you, you know you, you get those pens out to like for supporters and all that the impeachment one is like a little is a little questionable to me i don't know. i don't know though i Thanks for supporting me and getting this guy out of office. I, I okay. don't know what you do with that. but
1: Wouldn't you buy an impeachment oh. pen? Oh, yeah. I yeah.
0: So. mean, I bought one of those, those cheesy little uh, North Korea Summit uh, coins, coins for I entertainment mean, so. value. So I'm definitely down for an impeachment pen. I
1: would love an impeachment pen. Let's check so. eBay later. Yeah, and Nancy Pelosi, if you're listening, after you rate us on iTunes, send me a pen.
0: That's right. Doesn't even have to be an impeachment pin. Just say it was. Yeah, I'll yeah, believe no, it. I'll, I'll believe
1: you. I'll believe you. I, no, but I, I think you know we saw all of the, you know, all of the prescripted ceremony, for lack of a better word, around this today. It was pretty amazing. From you know bringing it over, the president pro tem, sort of swearing in John Roberts, and then John Roberts swearing in. All well, ninety-nine senators. Uh, right. One senator is home for a family medical emergency, I believe. But uh, so, what percentage of the Republican senators, I don't know, had their fingers and toes crossed? <laughs> while they were doing I, the. I, I
0: visualized as as they got to the point, saying they must be uh, uh, objective uh, that that lightning would strike and and knock down uh, McConnell, of course. If there was a wrathful god who took such things seriously, McConnell would long since been ash. Yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> wasn't going to change today.
1: Yeah. Just finally wakes up and goes, "Oh my word, what did what did I miss?" <laughs> yes. So if you're a wrathful god, remember that and rate us on iTunes. Thank you. <laughs> but not in a wrathful way. Not in a wrathful way. Yeah. Like
0: at least 3 stars. Uh, Come uh,
1: on. What did you think about the impeachment managers? So, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi announced them the other day. Um yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of nothing surprised me there. Um, you
0: know, I did. I thought maybe they would put Justin Amash in there to give it sort of that bipartisan feel, um, but since he's not a Republican anymore, I guess it doesn't really do that. And he really didn't have a role in in this beyond just sort of not not being on board with all the other Republicans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, obviously Schiff and Nadler are leading the charge here. Um, I think Schiff has really been excellent throughout the whole process. Yeah, so I mean, he's a former
1: prosecutor. Yeah. I mean, I think all of the impeachment managers except one are or were practicing attorneys Yeah, in one capacity or another. So prosecutors, yeah. defense attorneys, and at least one was a, uh, was like a sheriff. So everybody's got experience in the law one way or another. And geographically and sort of geographically diverse and also just racially diverse. So, yeah, it's a good team. It's representative, I think, of the Democratic Party in general.
0: uh, You know, I don't have it in our notes and I wasn't sure. Do we have any sense of who's defending Trump in all of this?
1: Yeah, so you've got uh, the White House counsel. whose name I've forgotten just off the top of my head. Pat uh, Cipollone is his okay. name. I mean, you know, I'm sure
0: he's like the 12th guy who's been in that position after everybody well, else Well, after, right? yes, so after Don, Don McGahn left, right? So Don Tom McGann.
1: Great hair on Don McGahn, But Pat Cipollone has been pretty quiet. He hasn't really, you know, he's, I think, smartly avoided the, the, the limelight. So he's going to be there. And also the president's personal attorney, Jay Sekulow, so, and what really
0: Rudy Giuliani could oh make? Oh my it? god!
1: I mean, how awesome would that? How be? much would we pay? <laughs> uh, that just please, please like, let that happen.
0: Like all the Republicans would vote to just end this. Like it wouldn't be about like I, I don't even care about the politics. Like just, just shut him up before he causes more damage. Right?
1: <laughs> I mean, you could see him just showing up randomly, though, couldn't you? Just they're it's during the impeachment trial. It's very serious, and Giuliani right. kind of busts in through the back door. Like, guys, am I late? Like, in a dragging a in a drag in a briefcase full of papers falling out. Right, right. Lots of rubles in his pockets. You know, just <laughs> I Uh-oh. can imagine that. Oh, it's oh not even the, that big a leap.
0: Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Right, he wasn't that mighty in the first no. place, uh, really. But. but
1: Jay Sekulow was uh, also represented the president during. Uh, the entire Russia investigation. So he's been around. Uh, he looks like a New York mob lawyer, which is also nice, right? So there'll be a there'll be an interesting couple of guys. Uh, I, I, and look, they have a pretty easy job. Don't say anything incriminating,
0: <laughs> right? I
1: and mean, that's the thing. Like, if we don't have witnesses,
0: I mean, it's going to be like I was wondering like what that's going to look like because in the in the house. Everything was very clearly mapped out Is like, we're just going to, like, you know, throw out a bunch of talking points that have nothing yeah. to do with defending the president. Here, though, it's a little bit different scenario because they need to give key senators something they can hang their hat on to say, I don't think he's guilty. Right. Oh, they didn't. The Democrats didn't make their case. Here's why. They, they need just a thin read to hang it on,
1: but they got to have something. I mean, they could say, well, it's actually, you know, there's nothing wrong with the president withholding aid. that He's just doing his job. It's not as if a nonpartisan part of the government came out today and said that we actually broke the law yes. by not sending the money. Yes. Out. That didn't happen. Right. Oh, wait wait a minute. Oh, wait, it did. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Office of Management and Budget I like, said that I the like impoundment the timing act on these was, revelations. Oh, I know. So it said that the, the withholding of the funds was a violation of the Impoundment Act, which says that allocated funds by Congress have to be spent or used for their purpose in a timely manner. So that so pretty I, interesting. Well, do we know what the consequences for
0: violating that law?
1: Yeah, that's that's where None. Gets, right. Okay, so oh. that was good. Although it's again, it's it's interesting. We don't know that there aren't going to be any witnesses, right? Because. You know, although everything's been turned over now, you know we don't actually know any details of the rules under which the impeachment yes, will be. Yes, we've running. had
0: the official pomp and circumstance
1: moment, right. and now it's like
0: now we get into the meat of how is McConnell going to steer this to best protect Trump, and he has to steer between protecting Trump and protecting the senators in in. And you know, it's interesting because. Thinking about where McConnell stands on this, it's to his advantage to be more defensive of the senators than of Trump, because if Trump loses office, you know, oh well. But if he loses enough senators, he's not in charge of the Senate
1: anymore. So. From your mouth to God's ear, right? Vengeful God. Vengeful God. Aforementioned vengeful God. Yes. No, I. So we'll hear from McConnell on Tuesday. He'll send. Sort of the first resolution defining the first part of the trial, which we're expecting to be, you know, sort of both sides present their case, um, and the senators will eventually be able to submit questions in writing. They won't actually be able to just get up there and ask them. We understand. Okay. Uh, so that will be, you know, I, I think we kind of know what's going to happen there, but then I think there will still be decisions to be made. I think there is a chance that there will be witnesses.
0: Yeah, I. we'll see. I mean, I think as long as the presentation of the information is relatively public, like that we've got things on C-SPAN that people can actually watch that, that there's going to be clips of that going out into the world, I think that helps. And then witnesses help further. Um, but, you know, right now it's like if you wanted to watch all of this you had the opportunity to see a whole lot of evidence come out against Trump, you know, and whether you bought into that or not, you know, is, is a little bit determined at this point. But Right.
1: That's true. But you'll still be able to see it because the trial doesn't start until 1 p.m. every day. Right. So 1 by, Eastern.
0: by statute, the they are, Senate is required to meet at 1 p.m. every day. So the Senate meets and they do whatever they do the rest of the time. But then at 1 p.m. they must do impeachment until... They have uh, decided to convict or acquit right at six that point. days a week, six days a week, Monday through Saturday, so you're working Saturday is now in the Senate
1: in the weeks leading up, yes, to the Iowa caucus, which is insane, yes so you know uh, you know when we think about you know when we think about witnesses and the pressure that could be put on certain senators and i 'm looking at you Mitt Romney and. Susan Collins Um, and Corey Gardner and Martha McSally. Oh, Martha McSally got all snippy today when somebody asked her about our new best friend, Lev Fraud Guarantee Parnas. Jesus.
0: So I'm a little disappointed that of the two, between him and Fruman, Lev Parnas has gotten most of the, the coverage because I really enjoyed my Sausage King of Ukraine joke. I know. But... We're gonna move on. I'm it's moving Liam. on, and holy shit! I, I mean, I kept I, thinking of this as like somebody backing up to the Capitol with like a dump truck full of smoking guns yeah. and just <laughs> unloading it on the lawn of the Capitol, and somebody being like,
1: "Oh, what am I gonna do with this?" Yeah, uh, uh, probably nothing. Yeah, I, unbelievable from from Lev. He's just like, "I'm gonna burn it all down."
0: Well, it's like, yeah, part of me is like, why is he burning it all down? Like, I don't know what his, I mean, I suppose it makes him look good towards prosecutors, but he seems to be like, I'm all in on, on ending this.
1: Yeah, whatever whatever you guys want. Yeah. What do you need? Need some, uh, need some not Facebook messages. What were they? Uh, WhatsApp? Yeah, WhatsApp messages. Yes. Like, didn't uh, even use Signal.
0: But my favorite was the... The memo, handwritten yeah. on Ritz Carlton stationery. By the way, Ritz Carlton really needs to think about like how they're marketing themselves because, like, I forget who it was, but the one guy within the Trump administration who was like having government employees go get lotion from the Ritz Carlton because he really liked their lotion. Um, now you've got m- memos that are outlining the exact quid pro quo. I know. I mean, on Ritz Carlton stationery.
1: If it weren't on the Ritz Carlton stationery, it feels like he might have just written it, like, like it sitting in his home. It doesn't like,
0: feel the same if it's on like you know Howard Johnson stationery. No, like,
1: are there still Howard Johnsons?
0: I assume. I don't know. Holiday Inn Express. You there know. you go. There well, you I, go. I, I,
1: it does feel smart. <laughs> I mean, I. Just so we're clear, though, I just looked up. Oh, no, it's, it's not available. I want to find out how much it is per night. The-
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so, sure it's
1: several hundred dollars. Yeah. So he's got, well, it'd be in euros probably. Oh, so, yeah, So, you know, he's he's got a treasure trove if you're not, you know. There you go. 790 euros per night. Which is
0: like. Upping, up around thousand dollars, almost. Yeah, that's yeah, January
1: twenty eighth to January thirtieth. Okay, so this is not the high season, I suspect. Right. Anyway, high season for smoking guns, though. So yeah, that's so he, good. He's got he's got the the WhatsApp messages. He's got the the handwritten note, which again was very funny. It's yeah. like Sharpie gate comes back to because it doesn't right. it, it does look like it was a Sharpie. You can almost see that Giuliani was like. Look, man, whatever you do, write it in Sharpie, (laughs) because the Prez loves the Sharpie. That's right. And, you know, he said, he's like, everybody knew what was going on. What do you mean people didn't know? Everybody knew. He's like, I did everything with the knowledge of the president and the consent of the president and his attorney. He went on Rachel Maddow last night and, and outlined all of this. And
0: talking about, you know, okay, everybody knew that Trump knew, Giuliani knew, of course Giuliani was there. Uh, uh, that uh, Pompeo, Pompeo knew Pompeo Bar knew, new, Bolton Barr Bar everybody Pence yeah all under the bus Just they need they need to they're gonna need to buy new buses for people I know. to be thrown under I, I so let's get into a little bit more about like what actually happened there yeah. so. Um, Lutsenko, who was the top prosecutor under the previous Ukrainian president. Yes. So this is all happening, like all that we know from that phone call and everything that's sort of been part of what's been core of the impeachment, we haven't really talked as much about the time before that. Like we knew that something was going on with Yovanovitch and this gets into a lot of what's going on with Yovanovitch. Um, So Lutsenko was the top prosecutor and he
1: was chatting with Parnas uh, about all this. And he was the prosecutor that needed to go. Yes. He was not you know the general consensus is that Parnas was pretty corrupt on his own. and not Parnas, him too, but that Lutsenko was corrupt on his own. Yes. So yes. not this
0: has nothing to do with the prosecutor under Biden like when Biden no, was it's getting, not, that, like not not it's that, that a different. No totally different for prosecutor, prosecutor. Yeah. in Ukraine. That's how they roll there. Uh but yeah, so like to give you a sense of it, he was texting with uh, Lutsenko and said, "I'm, I'm sorry, but this is all simply bullshit. Uh, I'm sick of all of this. I haven't received a visit. My boss hasn't received Jack. All I'm prepared to thrash your opponent, but you want more and more. We're over. So subtle, right? Subtle, and also, uh, uh, your opponent." So it's very clear that this is not about corruption. No. This is about I'm giving you dirt on
1: your opponent. I'm giving you opponent. something. I have got something to give you.
0: And he outlines, like, what that dirt supposedly is. And what isn't clear to me is if, like, what the, like, we they get into, like, what the dirt was. Like, there was, like, millions of dollars being transferred to a company associated to Hunter Biden something something. What it reads to me as the prosecutor basically saying, getting a sense of what they want and being perfectly willing to make up what they want if
1: he gets what he He wants. wants. And what he wants is to get rid of Yovanovich. Exactly. And so then you see this, like, you know, not just disparaging her, but saying, like, we need to get rid of her. And you guys are idiots. You can't even get rid of this one person. You know, like, why can't you get rid of her? And really he had zero respect for her. It's one thing to not like somebody; something else to kind of underestimate her. Yeah. Um, and then you see how like it kind of starts to get into other people. So Robert Hyde, right? So Robert Hyde is a longtime Republican activist. He was a Trump donor guy, and was saying, oh, "I've got Yvonne. I've got somebody at the embassy, and like has her under." He claimed he had her under. Surveillance, Like a ridiculous yes. level of like, surveillance. Like
0: to the point that he, he seemed to be able to say when she was on her phone or on her computer. Now, there was some suggestion by, uh, by Parnas that yeah. the guy was a drunk and would was prone to exaggeration. That said, for Parnas, he doesn't really want to be associated with a guy no. who's, you know, stalking a U.S. ambassador. No, probably not. So... You know, he's got a little bit of uh, of an interest there.
1: Uh, but, yeah, like... Uh, that that whole thing... And now there's actually an investigation in, in Ukraine to see if people were actually stalking yeah. her.
0: And, and it even goes so far as uh, Robert Hyde at one point saying, they're willing to help if you would like a price. Guess you can do anything in the, in the Ukraine with money. That's what I was told. So, like... There was a suggestion here that, beyond just surveilling her, that they could offer if needed.
1: Yeah. A th- thinly-veiled threat of violence.
0: Like, right. And and it's worth noting, when she was pulled out of Ukraine, there was she was told there was a security concern. But it, she wasn't told what it was.
1: But this may have very well been that security concern. Yeah. I mean, so... It, it really isn't... Like, whenever I think... We've hit the max craziness on the story; it gets crazier. Yeah, every time. So of the people we did not mention being thrown under the bus, Devin Nunez. Yeah. Anytime I can say something funny about Devin Nunez, I'm going to do so. So all of a sudden, he remembers talking to Parnas. Yes. And I'd oh, oh, that Parnas. Oh, oh, oh Lev, Lev Parnas. I. I, I heard you say yeah. Lev. I didn't know who that guy was. Right. But Lev, pardon us. Yes. Yes. I remember that guy. <laughs> and so, and what, what I love about Pardus is like every time one of you, I won't make you bleep out a, a phrase, but every time one of you folks denies knowing me, I'm going to tweet a picture of us. Yeah. Here you go, Devin Nunez. Here you go, you know, Kellyanne Conway. Like.
0: Right, right, right. I,
1: I just love it. Oh, you don't know me. Who's this guy then? Like, just yep.
0: I yeah, mean, and like, so Nunes goes on Fox News and and he says, "I remember that call," which is very odd, random, talking about random things. And I said, "Great, just talk to my staff." And boom, boom, boom. Like, like he's trying to pretend that he had no idea what was going on. Like, I don't know, some random call from some guy named Parnas. Ooh, like, no, 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 no. I take all of those like, calls. I, I'm so accessible. Like, thank you. Thank you. Ten years from now, you know, assuming that like we haven't just had a fascist takeover and all that sort of stuff, like I really, really look forward to finding out like what the hell was actually going on with all this. Because like, what's gonna like, yeah, you know, if a new if we get a new president ever again, and and they they get their attorney general in to start digging into this shit, like it's
1: gonna be epic. I, I yes, it could be, or they could just choose like, you know what, we're just gonna back the. Away from this because, whew. yeah, they
0: may, well, they may just be like, we just got to move forward. We're just looking forward. We just looking p- forward. But then, like the well, drug companies uh, yeah. are going to
1: say, like, look, we need to sell more antidepressants and more right. anti-anxiety medicine. So, could you just just dive into that? <laughs> and here's something that I, I really I, I have to just note here about uh, Mr. Nunez. So, Ted Lou last month said so it looks like Nunez was conspiring with you know with Lev Parnas on this whole thing and Nunez threatened to sue Ted Lieu like sent he him a letter loves to threaten oh, to yeah. sue people oh yeah that's his whole pastime or actually does sue people but like
0: I mean you I know, respect having hobbies it is a bit of a weird
1: hobby it though. is especially when you were the sponsor of a bill about frivolous lawsuits of course, hypocrisy very unbrand. Of on brand. course, he was. <laughs> but so now, does he have to retract that statement because <laughs> he's admitted to knowing him and talking Ugh. about him? So impeachment is going to be the thing we will talk about all the time. Yeah, there'll be While yeah. So things on. get
0: kicked off Tuesday. You know, depending on when we record, we should have some good stuff. Uh, so be sure yeah. to tune in.
1: I mean, we're not going to record on Martin Luther King Day, which is Monday, right? Uh, so our next recording will invariably be after the trial has started. Yes. And we know So more. there you
0: go. Uh, yeah. The, so uh, the only other bit of l- domestic news that we thought we'd bring up is uh, the USMCA passed 84 to 15. Um, you know, this is a, bi- a, a change to uh, NAFTA uh, overall. It seems to make it a, a bit better than it
1: was. Yeah, it's not perfect, but you know. Yeah, and uh, and what I'll say is that you know the the changes. So I, I heard somebody else say this. This isn't me. Um, it may have been Scott Horsley from NPR said. You know what you'll note about the new acronym is that it doesn't have the letters FT for free trade in it. Yeah, because. A lot of, the, you know, some of the changes are somewhat protectionist, you know, and set some, you know, set some, some barrier, put some barriers in place. They, you know, discourage and encourage behaviors. Uh, and there are a lot of union protections that, you know, that Pelosi and the, the Democrats got, got worked in. So, you know, I, I don't like the idea of the president getting a win, but I think this is a, it's an improvement, you yeah. know. It's yeah, an improvement, exactly. Unlike the and, uh, temporary deal signed with China. Yes, yes.
0: Well, you know, and the thing of it is, is like, um, whether it is a win for Trump or not, is that going to be what we're talking about come November? Oh, no. No. no, no, no. We're going to be talking about whatever crazy shit Trump has done in between now and then, assuming that he is not knocked out of office by impeachment, which is a fairly Pretty safe fair assumption. assumption. Pretty fair <laughs>
1: assumption. Um, one thing I want to say, and we didn't talk about it with the impeachment, and I I meant to kind of bring back to this, but do you think now that we're that things have been moved over, things are moving, that Nancy Pelosi did the right thing in holding the articles of impeachment until?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Today. Is like the theory seemed to be that she was holding the articles of impeachment to try to like as leverage to get the Senate to have a better set of rules. And there's no impression that that's really changed what the Senate's doing. However, it has allowed for time for some of this other information to come out. Yes. So it may be that that was what it was driving it. If you're more of a conspiracy theory type, it could be that, you're, that she was holding on to it to make sure it was as close to Iowa as possible and kept certain senators in the Senate rather than being in Iowa. But I, I don't really
1: buy it no i I don't buy this conspiracy theory, but I do think that what's happened is that it's pushed the it's pushed impeachment into the twenty twenty news bin news cycle bin i i think if it had if this had happened in twenty nineteen then there would have been a real risk of it not being as big a part of the re- of the election season as it should be mm. yeah that's fair and I think on that, on that weight alone, it was probably a good idea. Yeah,
0: and you know who knows? We could have impeachment on entirely new charges happen again before now, between now and uh, November, because Trump's still committing crimes. <laughs> like, like, there's yeah, no doubt about that. So, it hasn't stopped. You know, right. it's not like you know. And as we get into the election cycle more fully, and he knows who his opponent is. The illegal acts he will take against whoever that opponent happens to be, you know, I mean, all of this has been targeted at Biden so far. But if his if his opponent is Buttigieg, does he take it very, you know, is he going to is he going to do a different approach? Probably not. No, he's going to like, you know, I mean, may not be looking to get Ukraine to throw Buttigieg under the bus,
1: but I'm sure he'll find somebody else. He's got one. He's got one playbook. Yeah. One playbook. Yeah. So sorry to bring us back to that. I just. Yeah, but yeah. it was important. It was the thing that we've talked about, and I think was on people's minds. So, yes. Um, internationally, I think there were a couple things that are are good to check in. on. one is, you know, at it as it related to what we were not really joking about. World War Three. Iran shot down a, a Ukrainian plane. Yes, and we commented on this at the time
0: last yeah. week. Uh, and it turns out that what happened was it was shot down accidentally. And all impression is is that they were on high alert for a U.S. response after the missile strike. And somebody screwed up. Yes. But
1: I think the key thing here is Iran admitted it. Yes. Even through the state And there news. were protests and such yeah, in Iran there are still there. Are. And some newscasters, I thought this was really interesting, two longtime state television newscasters left this week they quit and I think combined tenure of like 30 years or 28 years and said we're sorry for lying for so many years really really interesting stuff yeah of course Donald Trump will take credit for it but that's a different thing right Uh, the other thing that happened this week was Vladimir Putin in his state of the state of the country address proposed something like 20 amendments to the Russian Constitution. And sort of the sum of those is to do a couple things. One is to dilute the power of the presidency a little bit. Um, give a little bit more to the Duma, which is the legislature. And then, it seems like, create a council of the Soviet. So, like, creates this Shadowy council, One and might the head call of that council, has <laughs> all of this new power.
0: It's it's interesting because what it what it reads as is he is trying to secure his power to run the country indefinitely for, for a long. Because there have been term limits on all this stuff. Why he doesn't just get rid of the term limits? You know, I don't understand the nuances of Russian politics, but clearly he's trying to make sure that he stays in effective power while all of this is going on. But he's also Trying to make sure that nobody else does what he did. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like you know I'm I, I've climbed the ladder. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick the ladder out. Good luck to you.
1: Yeah. So I, the one of the, re, the reactions, uh, maybe reaction isn't the right word, but immediately following, like his entire cabinet resigned. So Medvedev, who was the prime minister, and down. Yeah. Um, you know, and nobody liked Medvedev; like he was not popular. Well, so. He's basically
0: a puppet for Putin in oh, yeah, the first yeah. place. So uh,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So he's been replaced with I don't know the head of the tax ministry. So somehow that's an upgrade. I don't. But uh, but this. Putin sort of, likes you. It's always an upgrade. I yeah. Guess, so. So Just you're going to get Trump. the guy who collects taxes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So I think it's something people should keep an eye on. Now, Putin's term runs until 2024, I think. So he's still got some time. Um, but he's got to take the time yeah, uh, to, to figure out ways to consolidate well, maybe his he'll
0: power. be too distracted by Russian politics to interfere with our politics.
1: Except for the fact that the Ukraine has asked the U.S.'s help in investigating Russian hacking of
0: Burisma.
1: Yes. So there it is. Um, <laughs> They're still out there, everybody. My God.
0: Can we talk about something normal? Like uh, No, but you know what we can talk about is...
1: The circus. The circus. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, so I'm going to take a 10-second beer break just yes. because that was all pretty heavy. Cheers, Cheers. Sir. We're here at Old Irving Brewery today. We came here because Steve was nice enough to meet me here. I came right from the airport. I timed it 30 minutes and 15
0: seconds. Yeah, so he texts me, he's like, I'm going to be there in, th- like, my plane gets in, I'm going to be at the brewery in 30 minutes from when my plane touches down at the gate. Yeah. Like, I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how this works.
1: 30 minutes and 15 seconds, was it? 30 minutes and 15 that's seconds. That's impressive. Like, I came into the bar, I'm standing there, the hostess greets me, and I was like, hold on. And I stopped my watch, and I was like, I just got here. I started this when I walked off the plane, like as I was crossing the threshold onto the jet bridge. Yes. So there it is. If you land into Terminal 3, even in the furthest gates in American, you can make it to Old Irving Brewery right by the Montrose Stop the Blue Line in 30 minutes. Give or take traffic. Uh, It was on the train. Oh, you took the train. That's why. I took the train. Oh. See, I didn't account for that. I figured Rush Hour would screw you up. So, all right. There you go. Anyway. So, decompression. The beers are good. (laughs) Circus 2020. Yeah, so what are you drinking since we're we're Uh, talking about uh, it? So, this is really going to be off-brand for me. I have, right now, a sour. It's a sour. Oh, my gosh. Cushy Blood Orange Fruited Sour Ale. I... How's I wanted it, something crisper and refreshing, and it's I, – I have a huge smile on my face because it's just delightful. Delightful, I tell you. Excellent. And I
0: am having the Cinnamon Prost Crunch. That's Prost. Prost Crunch. Uh, it is a white stout, which I'm still not sure what the heck a white stout really is, but it is delicious nonetheless. Uh, it has kind of a – it definitely has a, like a little cinnamon vibe, a little sweetness to it. Very
1: enjoyable. I, so. And and I'll tell you I was here last Thursday and I had the cinnamon prost crunch and I I I couldn't drink a lot of them because it was a no, little sweet. Like but one it of was, these it is was plenty, good. Yeah. But yes. But it was good.
0: All right. So Okay, now to the circus. On to the circus. Election Circus 2020.
1: Have you uh, have you talked to any normal, you know, exemplary voters of late? <laughs> so, like just so your, your this, everyday this common voter. A
0: friend of mine shared. It's absolutely amazing. They were interviewing people, Iowa voters. And this one voter, Melissa from Algona. I assume that's how I pronounced Iowa. Caucused for Bernie in 2016. Voted for Trump. So, so far, this, this all makes sense. Supports Medicare for all. Okay. But supports Buttigieg. What? <laughs> but will likely vote for Trump again if Buttigieg doesn't win the Dem nomination. I don't know what to do with that. I, like, like this is the sort of thing that makes me like just want to just, like, I just give up on this. Like, clearly this politics saying yeah. it's not going to work out for us. Like,
1: I... I, 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 I uh, could you imagine... Like being, you know, canvassing in Iowa and, like, knocking on this person's door and, like, getting in a conversation with them. I I, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't know how to I, I would to navigate need to that. bring
0: beer with me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Melissa and she'd be like she'd be, like,
0: she'd be like, finish that sentence, and I'd be like, cool. I'm going to start drinking beer now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And let's talk about this further. I'm, I think I'd need something a little faster acting, <laughs> to be honest. Well, Yes. <laughs> But well, just, weed is legal here now. Yeah, so that's true. It just true. Heavily taxed. Not in Iowa, though. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I don't know how you would. I, I you know, I'm. I, I'm also picturing, you know, the person trying to hack the Facebook ads to get her the exact right message, like just. Right. Like how do you like what's
0: voter outreach for that?
1: Uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> So that was anyhow. It's uh, interesting. We did have a uh, we so had a, we, we a, had a, a, a debate. debate this week. We had we had all kinds of crazy stuff going
0: on. Like I, this is honestly like kind of an emotionally exhausting week for me for like watching politics news. Uh, and it's only Thursday. And it's only Thursday, um, because like I was, you know, we've talked about this. I was a big Warren supporter early on. And, you know, when she backtrack a Medicare for all, and I was like, ah, and you can argue whether it's a backtrack or not. I'm not getting into that. And then this week was just a mess. So it starts off with a Politico article saying Bernie campaign slams Warren as candidate of the elite. And ultimately this came from some talking points, and, and I'm still not clear on how official these talking points were, who was circulating them, where they were circulated to.
1: Yeah, but, but um, they, they were part of like a walk sheet yeah. for people. So you're canvassing, you're going door to door. You always give people here's Here's what to say points. about our campaign. And, yeah. and where it
0: was a little bit strange is typically for volunteers for walk sheets, you don't put negative talking points on them. No,
1: because you don't
0: trust them. Because you don't trust them. And here's why you don't trust them, presumably. But anyhow... One of the talking points was, I like Elizabeth Warren. In fact, she's my second choice. But here's my concern about her. People who support her are highly educated, more affluent people who are going to show up and vote Dem no matter what. And so that was the, that's what led to the headline, Attacks Warren as Candidate of the Elites." And I'm like, first of all, I don't think the assessment there is inaccurate. I, I mean, if you look at their polling, that's yeah. true. She does appeal to more highly educated voters. She does af- appeal to more affluent people. I am highly educated and reasonably affluent. I get this. Um, and will I vote them no matter what? Also true. So is a talking point any kind of deception or lie or anything else? No. You know, is that a, a mean talking point? I mean, like, none of that seems like it's that, that big, big of a deal. deal. Yeah,
1: no. Like, I...
0: And so then, shortly thereafterwards, afterwards, uh, Warren rep- replies to this and saying, she was disappointed to hear that Bernie's sending volunteers out to trash me. Now, it's entirely possible that what happened was the headline from Politico comes out. Somebody asked her about the headline from Politico. There's no context at this yeah. point. You know, who knows what's going on. Then it gets... Way out of hand. After that, so and this story came from CNN, as I understand it, and it said four anonymous sources had confirmed that Sanders told Warren she couldn't win, or more more accurately said a woman could not win. Is I believe the way it was
1: all phrased. Um, And this was in a private meeting in. Yes, at a private meeting,
0: and so. what comes after that is an ana- a release from Warren saying that she said a woman could win. Bernie said she co- that a woman couldn't win, essentially. That he disagreed was, I believe, her exact phrasing. And Sanders comes out, and he denies that that's what he said. Okay, so we've got round one of this going on. Then, of course, there's a debate that shortly follows this. <sighs>
1: So, yeah. CNN was hosting the debate yes or well moderating the debate and they just they dug right in on this thing and yeah. and actually what what was interesting about it was the way they phrased the question to Bernie was why did it was something like why did you tell her that women can't win yeah you know we'll,
0: we'll rag on CNN a little bit because they yeah. they did all kinds of crazy stuff
1: but it certainly was not there was no hypothetical in their question
0: no and then after he responded they go to Elizabeth Warren basically saying what do you feel like what do you what do you think about yeah. him saying a woman couldn't win
1: <laughs> and I'm I taking sh- it
0: on fact that that's what happened yeah and, and I
1: actually thought his response was was perfect you know he just said that's ludicrous that I would say it
0: yeah and he and he went and cited all the different times that he yeah. said a woman could win and pointed out that Clinton won by three yes. million votes etc cetera, etc cetera.
1: Wow, well, Clinton had three million more votes. Three million more votes,
0: not three million votes. That's didn't, right. Didn't win.
1: Did not win. <laughs> yes, that was.
0: It doesn't really matter. if it's three million or three million more if she doesn't win? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, to this point.
1: But I. So. So then the so debate ends. <laughs> the debate ends. Hot mic moment.
0: And Warren goes over. Well, it was so for the first bit of this being out in the world, it was just a silent shot of. Warren engaging with uh, with Bernie and not knowing what was actually yeah. said but she has a clenched fist goes up to him he reaches his hand to shake her hand she does not respond in kind and is clearly not happy in her presentation and what she ends up saying is you called me a liar on national television and he says he's like what you called me a liar on national television he's like we're not going to do this right now we can talk about this later and Tom Steyer is like trying to, yeah. trying to shake hands More or whatever Tom. comes by, and he's like, "Okay, you know, this is awkward. I'm, I'm gonna, going away. I'm <laughs> just gonna,
1: I'll be over here with my money if right. you need me. I'm right. just, I'm gonna hang out here. I've yeah. got a pile of money over here. I'd you like gonna,
0: to, yes, money bath. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I. Gotta, I uh,
1: so this seems so stupid to so me. So, what's your take on all of this? I, I, I think that there was probably a misunderstanding between them in that conversation. Yeah. Um I I don't know what that misunderstanding was, but I think clearly Elizabeth Warren does believe that he said yes or implied Yeah, I
0: think she she fully believes that he, I believe they
1: both believe
0: Yes, I think that's true. They the, both believe what they said to be the case. I don't think And I I went back and forth on this pretty Wildly, as this was all coming out. And I'm like, why is Warren doing this? And then I'm like, why is, why is Bernie doing this? And it's like, I think fundamentally what I come back to is, I think that Bernie said something to her that to him did not sound like saying a woman couldn't win the presidency. Yeah. And we know, and for, for me too, and, and all the discussions about, you know, how we talk about race and whatever, that a lot of times we say things that to you know as as a white dude like something does not sound to me <laughs> yeah. like it's a problem, but as it's perceived by a person of color or by a woman that I'm saying something that's actually kind of offensive. Yes. And so I feel like that's what happened here. And that had the like that Warren immediately afterwards, like if this was the conversation she was having to say, hey I'm gonna run for president and she comes out of that meeting with feeling like Bernie just told her you can't win, she'd be a little pissed. Yeah. She'd be have a right to be a little pissed and that she's going to tell a few people. And in response to all of what what Bernie had released with, you know, going after Warren, that somebody decided finally to just be like, yeah, I'm going to confirm that story for CNN. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It feels feels manufactured. But to be fair, I think... These are two people who are in the same party. They are colleagues in the Senate. There should have been a phone call immediately between them to work it out. Yeah. Before the debate. They let it be.
0: Yeah, that's and that's, I think, the thing that frustrates me is I feel like this, it was— like, I've seen some people suggest, like, oh, like, Warren had a strategy here, and she's trying to, like, present Bernie as sexist as a last desperate move to get votes or whatever. Like, none of this makes sense strategically. No. Because all this For is anybody. doing is bringing up the concept that a woman can't beat Trump. Right. How does that help her? No, it doesn't. And, And it's only, as far as I can tell, going to firm up Bernie's supporters against Warren and potentially vice versa. But it's not moving voters from one way or another no. it's not getting Nowhere bernie it. it's not getting it's not getting biden or buddha judge spores to be like oh i'm gonna go with her
1: now like well and and again let's remember that she had to know they had to know their campaigns had to know that this would be in the debate yeah. and be the thing that is talked about after the debate potentially yeah and that neither of them are going to be on the fucking road in Iowa campaigning because of the impeachment trial. So, this is a huge opportunity. This debate was such a big opportunity yeah. for, for those final sways of, of voters, and to waste it. On and that's a the thing. I thing. feel like both Sanders and Warren had good debates. I couldn't tell you what the hell they were
0: even talking about now because this is all that we're talking about. Right.
1: I thought that was the worst debate, but anyway, not worst in terms. Well, of Well, I think they
0: had their they had good debates. Debate yeah. itself was trash. Yes. Let's let's rag on CNN a little bit oh. while we're here. Whew. Uh, so, what
1: kind of time we got?
0: I was yeah. I was watching the debate. Uh, we had a drinking liberally watch event for it, and. Uh, decided to take some screenshots of what was being said on CNN. Uh, so one of the headlines, or like they got a little chiron to say yeah. what the question was. Does Sanders owe voters an explanation of how much his health care plan will cost them and the country? No, he's asking Biden what his health
1: care plan is going to cost
0: nope. or Buttigieg what his is going to cost because both of theirs are more expensive.
1: Right. Or, Or for that matter, anybody when they're talking about Possibly going to war or attacking or defending. Like, nobody says, like, how much is that going to cost? Right.
0: Like, they were asking lots of questions about, you know, would you keep our troops there, et cetera, et cetera. Like, nobody talked about how much does that cost. No. Uh, And then they asked him uh, another question. Sanders' proposals would double federal spending over a decade. How will he avoid bankrupting the country? Well, first of all, we have our own currency, so bankrupting
1: the country isn't a thing. But second of all, what the hell? (laughs) I mean, I, so I was, I too was watching the debate from a bar in New York City because evidently we can never be in the same city during a debate.
0: Yes, only once. Only once.
1: Only once. So I was, when you're, I, I wasn't listening to it at the same time. I had my phone up and I was kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, paying attention to some things, but they had it on on a big screen at our request that I don't think everybody was happy with, but never mind. But watching the closed captioning when you saw the questions written out it was <laughs> striking like it yeah uh, yes yeah. I mean, so many weirdly framed questions yeah. the
0: moderating was just terrible i, I just um
1: so so yeah. let me tell you who i think won that debate Yang that, won the debate might not be in there <laughs> Yang not being there was the best thing that he could do
0: I was happy to see uh see a plaid tie back on the stage
1: so that was I was also just happy to see Tom Steyer didn't look like he was had his dad's suit I, on. yeah I
0: feel like he, yeah he got a better tailor in the meantime like I don't know what that was but you like, think a rich guy would have a good tailor but
1: yeah so uh the other actually the other Tom Steyer thing is he has that weird ink symbol drawn on his hand did you notice that I did not notice that it's Essentially, five crosses. It's a cross, and then there are four quadrants created by the big cross. And you, I assume, a, it means he works for the Illuminati. I, i me too. <laughs> um, you know, I saw a tweet that said, "Like, why is Tom Steyer playing tic tac toe with himself on his hand?" <laughs> uh, you know, the the sort of conventional wisdom is that it's a it's a Christian thing. Um, so. You know, sort of the five crosses is kind of a kind of goes back to the Crusades. Yeah. Okay. So that's good.
0: Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: the other weird thing about the debate is when Lev Parnas showed up. Wait, no, no. <laughs> right. You could just imagine Lev Parnas in the in the background of the debates. Yeah. Like the like the guy the beard guy from one debate you could just see Lev Parnas like back there. We're like he wasn't at the debate, and then he's tweeting out pictures of him with, right, right, right. You know, with the moderators, like, ah, oh, yeah, no, it's yeah. live. We
0: met after a debate. I have to say though, it's like I've been watching these debates. Um, you know, I feel like it's my obligation as host of Drinking Literally to have a watch party for it. I'm not at this point enjoying watching them. <laughs> I know Melissa from Algona, Iowa, is not watching them, so like, I do wonder, like, what is the value of these after a point, like. Especially that there were so many. I think if there had been fewer and there had been less people on stage, like, maybe it's a little more interesting. And when it gets down to, like, yeah. here are the two people who really have a chance of winning the presidency, that might be a little more interesting. But right now, it's, it looked, it's so... I mean, and they keep retreading the same stuff. They, I mean, uh, oh, they did get into foreign policy more this, this time, they did, so that was nice. because
1: near World War Three, Right. And interpersonal relationships they got into. I mean, and then your point is right, so they... You know, there were so many candidates who had to figure out a way to win them. And, and I think the Democratic Party and Tom Perez, who did a really terrible job trying to fire everybody up ahead of time. That was comical. Oh, my <laughs> word. Again, I couldn't hear him. I was just watching him. And it was right. funnier silence. So rewatch it. <laughs> just kidding. I would not ask anybody to do that. Don't, yeah, but, don't do that. You know, I think in the interest of transparency and inclusiveness, like people trying to do all of the things and like getting everybody in. Uh, And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is the people who are still on stage are the people who got most of the attention in the in the first debates anyway. Yeah. Right. So you don't have Marianne Williamson still on stage, who, by the way, fired her entire campaign staff and is hoping to do everything with with uh, volunteers. And then she dropped. Blink. She's gone. Yeah.
0: She's gone. No, she dropped out. Officially. She's as gone as she ever was. She's she, well. She's still probably trying to become president through the astral plane.
1: I just don't think that's actually within the constitution, so she's fine. Um, but yeah, so yes, you're you're asking people the same questions now, and hopefully giving them more time to respond. But everyone feels like a replay. Yeah. Um, I, Mercifully, it was only two hours. Yeah. Well, two hours, yes. fifteen minutes.
0: The last fifteen minutes dragged, but. So, anyhow, uh, we'll move on from that. There's not much else to cover. Um, one thing I want to talk about that I thought was really interesting. Um, so, The Root, we've talked about them before, um, yeah. you gave the entire corporate structure of The Root. But uh, <laughs> this week, I want to talk about their. Gawker uh,
1: Media in general, but.
0: <laughs> the uh, Black Power Ranking. So, this is something, an ongoing series that they've been doing. Uh, ranking the presidential candidates, like talking to black voters, and and I much I haven't followed this completely. Their most recent one I thought was really interesting because they were talking to older black voters. So they were talking to uh, over people. Everybody they talked to was over 60. I was like, okay, well let's see what they're saying. And Biden was ranked number one, and which isn't surprising. Which isn't surprising, but the reason why I think is interesting because the conventional wisdom around this has been. That, you know, oh, he was with Obama, and he's sort of writing Obama's coattails. Yeah. And that's not what's going on. It's that basically all of them are expressing this as a more transactional thing. It's like they know that he would owe them if he ends up getting the nomination, and so that's why they are sort of backing him.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Um, that's really interesting.
0: And, you know, that he has a commitment to the ACA, and, and they like his foreign policy experience. Those were, like, the, the main comments that they were saying. Um, Warren was the number two choice. Uh, they, were, they expressed that they liked the castor endorsement and liked her plans. Um, but they just don't believe, basically, that, you know, they don't believe that her plans are really going to get done, which I don't think is an unreasonable thing. And uh, they also don't believe that the U.S. will elect a woman. Um, and I think what could be interesting about that is if she manages to win Iowa, that could shift yeah. that uh, Because, because th- that was the same thing Obama had. Yeah, exactly. a black guy could win. Uh, yeah, turns he's out. He's not
1: going to win. I, and that, you know, I, one of the things that we've heard repeatedly is that, that that demographic, that block is very pragmatic, conservative in a, not in a fiscal conservative kind of way, but conservative in a, you know, don't want to put energy into something that, they don't think is going to work out right 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 um and you can't blame him yeah you can't blame him
0: um yeah so then after that they went to sanders who was number three um they just <laughs> don't trust middle middle-class white voters to really buy into sanders um that an old jewish socialist isn't going to win over conservative working-class white men um and they question his sincere commitment to racial justice um you know, and he has his his history of, of civil rights protests and, and all of that. Yeah. But at the same time, like his, if you look at how he talks about it, everything is framed in terms of class struggle more so than, it, less so than recognizing how race and sex play into class struggle and how a lot of times that's a precursor to class class struggle, especially in this country. Yeah, um, that's
1: really interesting. I, it's an interesting take yeah. on that on why somebody might not think. That it's sincere.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's my, you know, my, yeah. my sense of that. But how anyhow. How they
1: feel about uh, good old Buddy game? Yeah, he was
0: number nine. Nine. <laughs> so, like, oh. all the other people between three and nine, I think most of them are probably going to drop out. I mean, Klobuchar is still in there, et cetera, et
1: cetera. But, like, um, but over I mean, honestly, his, though, like, when they're like, yeah, Klobuchar. Yeah. Much better than uh, Buttigieg. He's got to be like, ouch. Yeah. But, like,
0: Stinks. to give you a sense of, like, how bad off he is, um, his Douglas plan that he came out with which is supposed to be his like big plan to help you know black people blah, blah, blah. Uh, most of the com- people he asked in the committee that they had hadn't even heard of it wow. so whatever he's doing ain't working and you know I mean personally I feel like he puts that out there more to be like hey white people I'm reaching out to black people rather than being hey black people I need your help that's that's my judgment
1: of it but I mean it- you know he's, uh, and what's interesting about his position—the only—he's the only person who can really say, or should be able to point to his direct leadership in things that have racial implications. Yeah. You know he is, he is the executive of a municipality that has a a, a very clear divide. Yeah. In In that municipality, especially with race. And uh, honestly, he can't point to any good thing there. Right. right? Like, he had this, you know, African-American citizens of South Bend for Buttigieg campaign ad, which I watched and was not swayed by, but it wasn't really targeted at me. Well, like, in
0: the debate, he, like, basically, like, listed off, like, three black people in Indiana who like him. It was kind
1: of like, really? (laughs) Uh, so, I think he's. That's always going to be a very uphill climb for yeah. him. Um, so
0: uh, you have to get going soon. So do we want to kind of lightning round the rest of this?
1: I mean, I, let's talk about what it would be like to run for president if you're super king rich.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing that's interesting is like the reason why Tom Steyer was in the debates was because he has a pile of money and was able to run a bunch of ads in. South Carolina, particularly, he's now running it. He's got 15% of the vote in South Carolina right now, according to recent polls, which, like, out of nowhere.
1: Out of nowhere, yeah. But
0: he's the only guy who has the infrastructure to do anything there.
1: Yeah, I I think both Bloomberg and Steyer are kind of like, look, I can can buy a bunch of ads in states where nobody's going to be pushing back against me. Yeah. Because everybody else is kind of running a rolling strategy, and they're like, well, screw it. I'm going to skip, you know, essentially – I'm not going to worry too much about the early states. Bloomberg, especially, I don't even think he's—he's I mean, he's
0: running ads in Wisconsin, which isn't for like yeah, like that's well into the election. Yeah. It's after Super Tuesday.
1: I mean, I feel like it's mostly, you know, leverage so that he can say, "Note that was not a Lev Parnas joke," <laughs> uh, so that he can have influence over super delegates. You know, like conspiracy theory in my mind is like the. Like they're playing for second and third votes where superdelegates have you know, have a say. Yeah. So that the party can party can decide.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I it's interesting because like he said that he's gonna keep his campaign operation going through the election to support whichever candidate wins the Democratic nomination. Now, first of all that might be a lie. He said he's gonna spend a billion dollars. But well yeah, and it's like and the thing of it is, is like, yeah. if you're going to hire people who have any skill in the key battleground states, first of all, he's paying them well. But second of all, like, if it's only for a month, nobody's going to care. But if you're saying, I'm going to pay you good money through November, how do you turn that down? Yeah, no, you don't. And so it's allowing him to hire people that he probably otherwise wouldn't have access to. Yeah. And people who ethically might have issues with him, but are saying, okay. I'm going to work for him. He's going to back the Democratic nominee. And I don't I don't think this Bloomberg guy's got a chance. But, you know, if, you know, uh, Bernie gets the win or Warren gets the win, he'll back them. Like, okay, that's fine. I'll yeah, be to no, help I,
1: them. And, and he is paying well. We yeah. know this. He's know paying, this like, for double what anybody else oh, yeah. is. Um, I mean, I know people working for other campaigns who are considered, like, trying to jump ship um, just because it's a good deal. Yeah. Uh, so— I mean, I think we'll see in the next, you know, we'll see as, you know, polls continue to come out what happens after Iowa, yeah. New Hampshire. Um, My concern,
0: though, is like with the this approach is that if you're rich, you don't really have to think too much about your choices. I can spend money everywhere. I can just, you know, I don't have to like focus on any one place, any one strategy. Yeah. And you can just, and so I feel like, it doesn't necessarily select for a good candidate because at some point you want somebody who can make tough choices and they're not doing that.
1: Yeah. And I think it's something that we should probably talk about at some point is just, and and I've been reading more about this, like how do we feel about primaries and how we get to these people? You know, like, I. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and like, you know, if, if, we have a Steyer or a uh, uh, Bloomberg president, you know. I mean, like, or if we have them as the candidate, as a volunteer, like, why would I volunteer? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I go work
0: for a billionaire. And like, no. I mean, I know he has like a billion dollars, but like, that does that only scales up to a point, right? And we've both seen like on the ground watching campaigns try to like buy people to do canvassing.
1: It it's has its good. limitations. Oh, yeah. No, it's not good. You can tell when people care and don't care. Yeah, like,
0: if we're talking about, like, higher-level staffers, like, okay, like, these are people like, this is their job. But, like, if it's just random guy off the street being paid, like, you know, a, a buck a door or whatever, I don't even know how, what the metrics would be for that, but it's not, it does not no. work.
1: No, it does not. does not. You can pay them to drop lit, like, just stick stuff in people's doors. Yeah, but, but they're
0: not going to make a good argument for you. No.
1: I mean, and that's why, you know, sort of, bringing this all the way back, you give people who, you know, volunteers, people who care about you, people who believe, you even give them talking points. Because even though they believe, you need to kind of guide them a little bit. People who don't believe are going to be worthless. Alright. So, one local note.
0: Yeah, we're not going to do a separate local because uh, we just it's don't have quiet. a lot to talk about. It's quiet, it's man. It's quiet.
1: It's cold. Nobody's going to jail. December,
0: January, February.
1: Uh, weed prices are going up in Cook County. Yeah. Cook County Board approved a 3% tax on rec- rec- recreational? recreational marijuana. Yes. So that means, uh, and the tax is variable based on strength and delivery method, I think. Uh, yeah, so, so you could
0: be paying up to 40%.
1: Up to
0: 40%. Which, you know, I've seen the lines. Like, I walk by, um, there's a sunny side is the the dispenser I walk by fairly regularly. They've had lines every evening I've ever walked by there. It's kind of crazy. So the man's there, you know, so good that we're making some uh, some tax revenue on yeah. it.
1: And it's like sort of, I saw this today, and I was, I was just thinking, like, reached for comment. The guy that used to sell you weed said... That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah I mean, you. it's
0: certainly yeah. The, the black market still got a got a, a route to uh, get their product to market, if you will. But uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Uh, there was one thing, a uh, proposal to uh, ban single-use plastics. I know my alderman was one of the people backing yeah. that. So uh, that that would be a good thing. But uh, other we'll than that, not a lot on going on. Exactly.
1: So. But I will say, what is going on is the stuff at Old Irving Brewery. Yes. I, I like. I know we're shorter today. I, this is the first time this has happened. I think I ordered this sour, and I sold Steve on the sour. So his second beer
0: is the sour, and it's quite tasty. I, so uh, good call, sir.
1: Really good, and they still have great pretzels. Yeah, I
0: kind of looked at. They had the uh, the nitro coffee crunch sounded very good, but uh, I don't really need coffee right now. Like it has some like dark dark matter coffee dark, in yeah. it. And I'm like I, I don't need the. Uh,
1: the lift. What, one of <laughs> the one of the cool things I think about this place because it's a big open space, but you are you know fifty feet from the tanks. You
0: feel like you're in the brewery a yeah. lot more than other places. Like they lot other places have a little bit
1: better segmentation
0: between yeah. the two, whereas this is just like you know you look and there's a ch- like a there's like a half wall, five foot chain link fence, yeah. and then a bunch of like brewing equipment. Yeah,
1: and actually they've got bags and stuff between that half wall and the chain link fence, so yeah. you can just kind of hang out there and. Yep. Uh, They've got a sign that says, do not feed the brewers, which is always a good skill for life. Because
0: hungry brewers brew better beer.
1: I guess so. I guess.
0: That's why monks are good at brewing.
1: Fair. Fair. Okay. (laughs) So, another fun week. Yes. Next week week will be the the
0: impeachment special, I suspect, again. Exactly. I feel like I've done 10 impeachment specials, but hey. Yeah. So, uh. Rate us on iTunes. Listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You already know where you listen to us because you're already doing it. Thanks for doing it. Tweet at us. Yeah, and we post on Facebook when we uh, put out new uh, new uh, podcasts. If you can share that out, that would be awesome. The more the merrier. Give us a good, ex- good reason to keep doing this. So right
1: thank on. you. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.